The Spur of the Moment podcast is proudly presented by Shane Daigie, Realtor of Always Here Properties. Selling your home, buying your home, first-time buyers, investors, and seasoned home buyers. Call or text 512-540-1626, and I'll be glad to help with all of your real estate needs. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Spur of the Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shane Daigie. And I'm your co-host, Rudy. Welcome to episode 156 of Spur of the Moment. Coming straight from the Simonator Studios in the heart of Texas. That is Alien Ant Farm for the Victor Webinyama episode, ladies and gentlemen. That smooth criminal a cover of Michael Jackson, if you're music fans. But we wanted to introduce the Alien episode. Victor Webinyama got his first taste of Summer League action. Drew, your thoughts about the debut against the Charlotte Hornets and the number two pick, Brandon Miller, in the draft. Everybody was excited. Sold out arena. Victor went all The hype machine was there. And what are your thoughts? We didn't get what we expected. That's what I'll say. But he wasn't the worst. Like, everybody on the media is making it seem like he had the worst summer league game of all time. It really wasn't the case. He had nine points, eight rebounds, three assists, and had five blocks. I thought his defense was amazing, and he had great passing skills. I think that he needs to work on his shooting a little bit, but I think it will be back for next game. What are your thoughts on it? Well, you know, I talked about this with uh, a couple of my friends. One of them was a 30-year basketball coach, another one 20-year basketball coach. And I talked to them about the uh, – even before this game, I said, I want to see him fall flat on his face so all the haters will come out and they'll get their hate out of the way early on because if you're a Spurs fan – you know that the better we are and the luckier we are, the more we get hated on. And this first Victor Webinyama outing wasn't all bad, and I agree with you, Drew. The defense and the pat, the passing is what really, like, I was like, oh, okay, he sees the floor well, better than I expected. And then, of course, the offense, which everybody focuses on, but that's only one phase of a basketball game. But Vic was 2 of 13 shooting, which is what it is. He clanked a couple. But ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about this for a second. 19 years old, moved to this country for the first time in his life two weeks ago amidst all of the media attention, the Britney Spears attention, all of the other drama that surrounds him, and just the pressure being the number one pick. You could kind of see a letdown was going. And if you don't believe me, check my Twitter whenever uh, the Spur of the Moment podcast posted what you think his line was going to be because mine was pretty close. And we have to understand that that's overwhelming pressure for this player. And uh, we just need to get on and get past it because go back to the Tim Duncan versus Jermaine O'Neal Summer League opener. And that'll remind you. And remind you of Greg Ostertag versus Tim Duncan. So... 
just because maybe it didn't happen like you wanted it to doesn't mean it was a bad performance. It's a summer league game. It's not a real game, not a regular season game. It was just a first taste. And I know everybody wanted to see him go off for 40 points and 30 rebounds and 20 assists, but he's still 19. Let him develop. Okay, let's get on to this game. Not the prettiest game you've ever watched, if you watch that. 76-68. The shooting was atrocious on both sides. Both sides. It was just, it was 33% for your Spurs, 29.9% for the Hornets. Very low scoring game. Very. Only 76-68. to 68. Yeah, this reminded me of a Spurs late 90s game of just defense and not a lot of shooting. But, but the Spurs did get the win, and we're going to recap this game. Let's get into our top two, bottom two. Drew, who are your top two for the Spurs this game? Yeah, so making a top two list for like the third straight game in a row, we have Julian Champagne, who had 20 points, eight rebounds, six assists, shooting seven of 15 from the field and four of 10 from the three-point line in 30 minutes. And he had a ferocious dunk in this game. It was wild all over ESPN. So he's my number one on the top two list. My number two on this top two list goes to Dominic Barlow, who showed his passing skills. He had 12 points, four, re- four assists, nine rebounds, shooting five of nine from the field with a block. Those are my top two. Who do you got? Yeah, so I also had Julian Champagne again, the Summer League Superstar MVP right now, if you're looking at it. And uh, my number two was really, really tough for me because I went back and forth on a couple guys, but... I'm going to stick with Malachi Branham. I just liked seeing him coming back, knocking down some threes. He hit four of them. He finished out with 17 points, five boards. And uh, it was just fun seeing Malachi back in the mix and uh, him doing what Malachi does again. That's two games in a row for him. So uh, great outing by Malachi Branham. And so Champagne and Branham were my top two. Let's get to the bottom two. Drew, who'd you have for your bottom two? Yeah, for my number one on this bottom two list, I'm going to have to go City Sissoko here, having one point while shooting 0 of 3 from the field, 0 of 1 from three-point range, with nine personal <laughs> fouls and three turnovers. That is going to make my bottom two list. He didn't have the best game. I hope he improves. My second on the bottom two is going to be Javante McCoy, who had zero points with 0 of 2 from the field in only five minutes. So that is, those are my two bottom two. All right. Well, I also had City Sissoko. That, uh, that performance with the fouls, I was just knocking Brandon Miller for what he had, eight that one game. And uh, Sissoko goes up and puts nine. But the one thing that I do want to say about that is – he is an aggressive player, and I'd rather dial back than dial forward, and so that is what it is. But, yeah, he was number one definitely. My number two was Eric Stevenson from, uh, you know, out of West Virginia, who I, I got to see play in the regular season a little bit against my alma mater, Texas Tech, and I was really impressed with him. I like his hustle. It's just things shots aren't falling for him, and it seems he's just a little out of place. But he's a guy I would like to see develop in Austin. But Eric Stevenson was my number two on my bottom two. All right, let's get to the next game. So, so Vic, as you can, Drew, I want you real quick before we get on to this next game, because this is important. Drew's Drew's got a pretty good Twitter presence, and he knows, you know, and he's got a good TikTok presence, and he's got he's got a lot of followers. But let's talk about what was the reaction after this game by the masses. So I saw some tweet saying biggest bust in history. Some tweets saying that he's one of the worst number one picks of all time. But I just disagree with that. 
and a lot of people change their mind after this game that we're about to talk about. Exactly, and that's important to, to point out because I've always said as a Spurs fan, they hate us because they ain't us, yeah. and uh, a lot of people are really jealous of the Spurs and bring on the jealousy, keep on hating us because these are all good human beings. Like We have a pretty solid roster of good people, but the talent's there, and it's young, and my God, the NBA world here in about three years when these guys are 23, 24 years old, look out because it's going to be pretty fantastic. But the Portland Trailblazers, so Scoot Henderson, the number three pick in the draft, was out. He, he got injured in the previous game, so he wasn't available for the Portland Trailblazers. So, you know, you got to see Brandon Miller in game one, but there was a seven foot four guy that stepped on the, the court and uh, – what were your thoughts? Yes, what a game from Victor Webinyama. In his second summer league game, he had 27 points, 12 rebounds, shooting 9 of 14 from the field, 2 of 4 from the three-point lane, with and three blocks. I was glad I didn't change up yet, and he had a great game in game two of the summer league. He's my number one on the top two. Let's go. All right. My number two on the top two is Dominic Barlow. He had 17 points, two blocks, six rebounds, shooting eight of 12 from the field. Those are my two top two. What were your thoughts on Victor Webb and Yama's game? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. The dunk that he he tapped that rebound one hand and then jumped up with the other two and put it back, threw that down. That was pretty nasty. Uh, the three over the defender was pretty nasty. Even the one one foot runner that he didn't hit, but I've seen him hit on highlights before. That shot will come, and that'll be a whole lot of fun to watch. But, ladies and gentlemen, if you had any question about how dominating this player can be, you saw it. You yes. you were able to witness it against the Trailblazers. What a great outing! He was obviously my number one pick, and I hope all the haters and the trolls go back in their little troll lairs and wait till we drop a game or two in the season to come peek your head back out, because you can't judge a 19-year-old guy with all that he had on his shoulders by one summer league game. Judge the body of work, see how it goes, and like all great players, he bounced back after a maybe subpar outing previously but obviously number one my number two though was a little different than yours because I am just floored by the development and you can go back to my last summer episodes I wasn't super high on Blake Wesley this summer I'm changing my tune quite a bit because I thought he had a great game and the one drawback that I've said with Blake because he, he's so fast sometimes out of control zero turnovers for Blake Wesley he had 14 points five assists three rebounds, knocked down a three, and had a dirty dunk again. He's been putting one up a game at least, a couple of them last game. But Blake Wesley was my number two. And that doesn't take away from Don Barlow because I've loved watching him. But I just got to give my shout-out to Blake Wesley because your development, sir, has really been good. And uh, I, I like it. I like your attitude. You're a fun guy. And uh, it makes me really, really happy to see what Blake Wesley's doing. All right, let's get to the bottom two. Yeah, so I think the bottom two are obvious. My number one on the bottom two who just had an absolutely awful game was Malachi Branham, who had a total of six points with five fouls, shooting a whopping one of 17 from the field and one of eight from the three-point line, three of six from the three-throw free throw line. He was not hitting anything. 
just a very bad game. He was even taking shots away from Vic at the end. I think we should have fed Vic a little bit more at the end. But he was taking un very contested three-point shots, which he shouldn't have done. A very awful game from Malachi Branham. He had the first two games were great, but this one was awful. My second on the bottom two is Julian Champagne having four points with three turnovers, one of six from the field, and 0 of three from the three-point line. Think about this. Two games ago, those two guys combined for 60 points. This game, they combined for 10, po um, 10 points. That's awful. What are your thoughts on your bottom two? 100%. I had it. And I, I, I was torn on Malachi Branham. I mean, that was the same bottom two that I had. But the fact that he had confidence to keep on firing, even when he wasn't hitting, and he, he, that was impressive to me, the confidence to keep on going. But at some point, I was like, just, just tap the brakes. Dish it. Dish it. You, let's put this one in the books. Take maybe some shorter jumpers, easy layups. He even missed a couple layups. But, uh, yeah, Malachi was number one. Love him to death, but tonight wasn't his night. And, yeah, Julian Champagne, that was the first dud in all summer league. So, yeah, I mean, three out of the four games have been great. This one was not. That's fine. That's what you learn from. Learn from the games that maybe aren't your best. And, uh you know, Champagne was definitely there on the bottom two. Um, what did you think about the uh, the Portland Trailblazers young team? Yeah, that team was great. And no Scoot Henderson, but I got to talk about Shaden Sharp. Yeah. He's going to develop into a superstar. I know Shaden Sharp and Scoot were probably hoping that Damon Lillard gets traded just so they could <laughs> up their stats. Probably not. They wanted to stay. But Shaden Sharp, just a great game. And that one guy, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Devo, Devi. Yeah, De yeah. De he had 29 points. Devo, yeah. De Devo, my bad. Yeah. 29 points replacing Scoot Henderson. He got the opportunity, and he showed what he could do. So that's yeah. my – that's I, I appreciate the Trailblazers. Yeah, no, they, they, they gave us a good game, and uh, I was – I was it was fun to watch. It was a lot more fun, I think, uh, overall than the last one because we're just looking at development and we're looking at uh, – uh, a lot of guys and how they go, you know, you get one doing great things like Vic was, and then you get another that maybe want, you know, Champagne and Brandon. But once we get clicking on all cylinders, I think we'll be just fine. All right, now it's time for the question of the day. And uh, tonight, Drew has the question of the day. Yes, I have a question from Christian in Armorillo, Texas. His question asks, what are your guys' thoughts on the Greg Popovich signing? Five years, $80 million, and I loved every bit of it. I think that's one of the best investments you can make. It gives him the uh, you know, the, the comfort of knowing, hey, I'm still with the organization. I'm still getting in a great paycheck. It gives Vic, it gives the team, it gives the young team to know that he's going to still be around. One thing I thought was interesting is, you know, this contract as the, the CEO of basketball operations, you know, that may or may not mean he's coaching in five years. It's yeah. not, you know, but yeah. but I do love the fact that he's still going to be with the organization and given his guidance and leadership because at least for these first few years, I think it's really important that uh, he stays around for, for Vic and, uh, and for all the young bucks. Uh, so great contract. I like your question, Christian. I'm excited that Pop is around for a lot longer. I've always said I want him to coach till he's 80, and that puts him at 79, I think, at the end of the contract. So yep. what about you, Drew? Yes, I love the contract. Five years, $80 million. I hope he's there for all five years, but we don't know if he will be. But if he's winning, he's definitely going to stay there. So what a contract, and I can't wait to see him and Vic play. I just can't wait for that day. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he's in, and he's in great health. If you saw Jeremy Sohan's interview tonight, he was talking about how often he sees Popovich in there working out and the treadmills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's great to see that he's uh, he's keeping his age and keeping alive. So thanks for your question, Christian. All right, next game up, we have Tuesday night against the Washington Wizards, and uh, we're going to preview that game. Uh, who do you think is your player to go off on Tuesday night? You're going to go with the obvious choice, or you're going to go with somebody else? I'm going to go with the obvious choice, and Victor Webinyama to be my player to go off. I can't wait for that game. He's going to cook against this Wizards defense, um, 25 points and 10 rebounds. Who is your player to go off? Yeah, I have it written down the same here. I, I, uh, I think he got a taste. I think the world now realizes, okay, this dude's for real. Get the jitters out. Get him playing. And, uh, yeah, Vic's my guy. And I hope we just put a beating on the Wizards uh, the next game uh, Tuesday night. So that'll be a lot of fun. In the meantime, I want, want you guys to listen to the uh, Victor postgame interview tonight. I thought it was really interesting. And you can just talk about the – I talk about the stress and drama of a uh, 19-year-old that just got drafted. Because, well, you'll hear in his last comment about that. Uh, I'm going to listen to what he's going to say. But I'm ready to, I'm ready to make any sacrifice for the team and uh, give 100%. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to – I need to sit down with this person to, to, to know what the, the next months are going to be like. When to, when to go on vacation, when to start back working out, where I'm going to practice in San Antonio, somewhere else. And uh, yeah, I, I just know we got, as I'm not playing in the World Cup, we got two to three months, two to three great months gonna, that, are, that are coming and they're going to they're gonna change my life. I'm probably going to disappear from the media for, for the next month, honestly. So that's Vic talking about disappearing from the media, which I think is really important. He, nobody really quite understands. You've never been the number one prospect in a draft surrounded by paparazzi and media. Hell, you even had Britney Spears, who's a superstar or was a superstar in a past life, but that are coming and chasing you down. A lot of pressure, a lot of stress on him. And uh, all good stress, obviously he handles it, but uh, I thought it was a kind of a cool uh, cool interview with him to kind of just know what, what makes his brain tick. Um, so that's our uh, end of this episode of the Spur of the Moment podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Drew, do you have any closing thoughts or you want to take us home? No, nah, I really like this episode, but thank you everybody for listening. And as always, go Spurs, go!